SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? It's Therese Peu, Chiefs beat writer for the Kansas Star, and we're back for another edition of Chiefs Game Plan. All right, on Sunday, we've got the Chiefs at 6-4, and four, hosting... The 5-5 five five Buffalo Bills, as Chris Berman would say. And we've got another great addition to Chiefs game plan for you. Uh, we'll give you a fair warning. Um, the first interview is with Matt Fairburn from Syracuse.com and New York Upstate. And Matt's a smart guy. He's a Mizzou grad, covers the Bills now. And he gives me the lowdown on the Bills, but just, just warning you, we taped this on Tuesday before the Bills named Tyrod Taylor their starter for Sunday. But I still think this was interesting because uh, Taylor and Peterman were competing to be the starting quarterback are different guys, and it is the, it is the subjects around the Buffalo Bills right now. So I thought uh, – Matt's takes on this were just smart and really interesting. And we also go over uh, the Bills' issues on offense and defense and what the Chiefs need to do to beat them. Uh, and then from there, we're going to do a whole A-team roundtable. You'll get to listen to that. 50 minutes. Uh, the whole A-team was not there, however. Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger, our columnists, were out on assignment. But... Uh, you know, I had Blair Kirkhoff, my main man. He joined me on camera, along with Ace Photographer Dave Hewlett, my other main man, my, uh, my other main man. That's my dude. I love Dave. I was glad to have him on board do this. Um, and we took your questions for 50 minutes. We covered some of the worst losses in the Andy Reid era, with the impetus of, of for that, of course, being the Chiefs' uh, embarrassing loss to the Giants on Sunday. Uh, and then, yeah, we covered the game a little bit, and I thought I thought it went pretty well and answered your questions. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, I will also tell you that the eighteen roundtable happened before the Darrell Revis thing ha- news happened. And I encourage you to listen to a podcast I taped separately for that, just for you guys on Thanksgiving. Uh, and if you appreciate that, remember to rate and review this podcast. So, all right, here we go. Uh, here's my interview with Matt Fairburn from Syracuse.com and uh, New York Upstate. Here we go. Okay, it's my pleasure to welcome onto the podcast a friend of mine. We talk at every event we're at in the off season. Uh, a guy I've gotten a gotten a chance to get to know and enjoy his coverage because this guy's pretty good. I want you guys to give him a follow. Is Matthew Fairburn from Syracuse.com in New York Upstate, Mizzou grad? Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you, Therese? Great, man. You're doing okay, even with the Michael Porter Jr. news, man? Yeah, that was tough today, man. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I rarely get ex- excited about the Mizzou Hoops team, you know. It's sort of a defense mechanism after the last couple of seasons, and I actually got my hopes up and, you know, thought about flying out there for a game, but I'm glad I didn't book it because, uh, because that, that's a, a tough break. Just one in a long line of, of tough breaks for Mizzou. It's insane, man. It's insane. That that school, it just feels like you guys just don't get anything. You just can't have nice things. Um <laughs> But you've gone you've traveled a long way from Mizzou. Yeah, you now come for the Buffalo Bills, living in upstate New York. Uh and you've had an interesting seven days. Uh, um I'm really interested to know what Sean McDermott's explanation was for switching off Tyrod Taylor. Um, and, and putting in Nathan Peterman last week. Like, how did he defend it last week? Yeah, it was interesting. It caught pretty much everybody off guard. Uh, and, 
you know, for obvious reason, you know, you're sitting there at five and four, you own the, the longest playoff drought in sports at 17 years. And Tyrod Taylor's, you know, playing okay, you have, having his ups and downs as he normally does. And all of a sudden he switches to a, a rookie fifth round pick and Nathan Peterman. And, you know, his defense, you know, pretty much he, he sort of, you know, doesn't reveal a lot publicly. But publicly, the, the defense he went with was that, you know, he thought Nathan Peterman made them a better, you know, made them a better football team. And he thought that, you know, even though they were in the playoff race, that, you know, they came to Buffalo to be more than five and four. They didn't want to be an average team that just, you know, ends the drought. And as the, you know, as the whole thing progressed and evolved, and obviously Nathan Peterman goes out, throws five interceptions in the first half, which nobody has ever done in an NFL game, rookie or otherwise. <laughs> I mean, it was historically bad. And, you know, then his defense more became about, well, this is about the future, too. And we're trying to set up long-term success. And as we're talking right now, Tuesday night, you know, publicly and behind the scenes, I've heard nothing on, you know, who's going to start a quarterback. So I don't know if that's strategic on his part. Uh, if so, he's doing a good job keeping a lid on it behind scenes. But it's it's crazy. I think everybody around the league looked at that game and said, well, obviously they have to go back to Tyrod Taylor. But, you know, Sean McDermott is wavering a little bit there. And uh, it's a really a fascinating situation. There's not too many you know, situations historically that you can compare this to, and, and that's what makes it such an odd, an odd deal. You know, it was so weird watching the highlights of that game where Peter Minutes... Depending on your perspective. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but this specific... So Peterman comes out, here comes Tyrod Taylor, who still has the captaincy on his chest. It's the, it's just like, really? I, I think Tyrod Taylor's is thought of in a little higher light than maybe he must be locally there. Um, from your point of view, like what is Tyrod Taylor doing that wouldn't be worthy of this kind of move? Like What are his issues? It's interesting. You're definitely right that Tyrod Taylor is perceived differently outside of Buffalo than he is inside of Buffalo, and that's you know a combination of a few things. I think you know this is a quarterback-starved town. Uh, they haven't had a franchise quarterback, you could argue, since Jim Kelly. So it's been a while, and that means quarterbacks get put under you know a bigger, you know, more of a microscope. And I, I don't know if it's that Tyrod Taylor, you know doesn't play the position the way, you know, it's quote-unquote traditionally played. He, he succeeds in different ways. You know, he, he can escape the pocket and make spectacular plays. And, uh, you know, the, the common criticisms people fall on with him are that, you know, he doesn't make plays from the pocket, which I'm not sure is entirely fair to him. Um, that, you know, that he doesn't get the ball to wide receivers, which has been the case historically, but at the same time he hasn't always had the best wide receivers to work with. And then there's, you know, an argument that I, I think people kind of ate crow on a little bit was that, you know, he, he doesn't take enough chances with the football. And his low interceptions are almost used as a knock against him. But I think after watching half of Nathan Peterman, people saw what the other side of that could be. So, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that Tyrod Taylor is a surefire franchise quarterback. But, you know, the Bills could do a lot worse, and they saw that on Sunday. I think a lot of people around here want an upgrade. You know, they want that surefire franchise quarterback. It's probably not 
too much different than the conversation you know a lot of people have in Kansas City about Alex Smith. That's I think true. you know Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor and Alex Smith are kind of in that same tier. And when you have an offense with some weapons and an offense that fits, you know that player's skill set, you know they, they can succeed the way Alex Smith has at least early in this season. But this offense that they brought to Buffalo doesn't you know, really accentuate Tyrod Taylor's skills. And that's the frustrating part, you know, about watching him is that under Greg Roman and Anthony Lynn, you know, there was a lot of quarterback-driven runs. There was, you know, a lot of shotguns, some pistol. There was, you know, these vertical routes. And then Sean McDermott gets here. He has a chance to move on from Tyrod Taylor, but he keeps him on a, you know, gets him to take a pay cut and keeps him. But then brings in Rick Dennison, who, you know, runs an offense that doesn't really fit Tyrod Taylor's skills. A lot of under center, three-step drops, a quick passing game. And then they take away Sammy Watkins in a trade and leave him with no vertical threat. So uh, it was, it's just been a puzzling handling of the quarterback situation all around. I think I would think that Tyrod Taylor is, you know, average to above average. And, you know, there's people around here that just say, quite frankly, that's not good enough and they want better. And, I think that's part of why the Peterman move was made, but ultimately I don't think either Tyrod Taylor or Nathan Peterman will be starting at quarterback in 2018. Hmm, interesting. Um, is there anything, like, wh- what do you like about Peterman? Um, what, what, like, what do you, have you seen anything good that just says, okay, well, that that's something he's got? You know, there was nothing to like on, on Sunday, but, you know, over the summer, in the preseason, and in that short action he got against the Saints the week before, I think the, you know, the skills that you like are that, you know, he's he's a, more of a rhythm passer than, than Tyrod Taylor is probably. Um, you know, he has the three-step, five-step drop and gets the ball out in a hurry. He, you know, makes quick decisions with the ball, and he's willing to try to fit it into tight windows, which is something Sean McDermott keeps coming back to when he's, you know, explaining this situation. Uh, he even said he made some pretty darn good plays on Sunday, which were very hard to find uh, on film. But, you know, he does have those qualities, and I think that's what almost makes him, you know, at least in theory a better fit for Rick Dennison's offense. I mean, the way he played on Sunday – He's not a better fit for any offense, but he does have, you know, those qualities that he brings to the table, and I think that's part of what they they see in him. He's a a really good kid, too. You know, he's a a guy that you could definitely picture being a leader in the locker room that's given time to find his footing and and all of that. But, I mean, he was a fifth-round pick, and, you know, the, the Bills, they had a chance to draft Patrick Mahomes. They had a chance to draft... Deshaun Watson, and instead, you know, they traded back and grabbed this kid. To me, he looks like he's probably a backup, and that's what you get when you wait until the fifth round to pick a quarterback. But maybe he'll develop. I mean, he's got a shot uh, to, you know, develop into a low-level starter. I mean, you know as well as I do, it doesn't take an extremely hard bar to to get over to be a starter in the NFL, given Mm -hmm. some of the guys that start in this league. But... Um, you know, I think his upside is capped because of his arm strength, quite frankly. But okay. he, he does have some qualities that, you know, I guess I can see what they, you know, they see in him. But he's got a long way to go. Okay. Um, speaking in a general way about the offense before we move on to the defense, you know, uh, you know, look, I mean, you got you got Shady McCoy. You know, there's some stuff there. But 
when teams have had success shutting down the Bills' offense, how have they done it? That's where it starts, taking away LaShawn McCoy. And once that happens, it becomes harder and harder, uh, you know, for the Bills to move the football. And I think the difference on Sunday was, you know, you the, the Chargers didn't have to worry about playing, you know, contain on Nathan Peterman. In the obvious passing downs, they could pin their ears back and go, where you, you can't really do that against Tyrod Taylor because he'll flip the pocket and, and create a big play. There's other ways to beat Tyrod Taylor, but, you know, teams were, you know, the Chargers quickly figured out that they could tee off on Nathan Peterman. And I think when the Bills offense has struggled the most is when the offensive line, you know, hasn't been at its best, which has been probably too often for the Bills liking this season. So, that's why teams are able to stack the box against LaShawn McCoy and, you know, really pin their ears back uh, in passing situations and go after the quarterback because, uh, you know, the offensive line hasn't been playing its best. And I think that's how you get after this Bills offense at this point, especially. I mean, obviously it depends who they go with at quarterback, but either way, when the running game gets shut down and when you keep them in second and third and long, that's when they have some trouble because, you know, when they get behind, when they get behind the sticks, or when they get behind on the scoreboard, they have a hard time climbing back into it. They've shown that over the years, regardless of who's been that quarterback. So they just don't have the the firepower in the passing game right now to to come from behind. They, but when they get Lashawn McCoy going, you know, anything can happen for them, and they can you know chew up clock and and play good defense, and that's how they were winning games earlier in the year. Unfortunately. You know, they've fallen behind in a hurry in their last three games. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, on defense, let's shift to that side now. You know, I guess the Bills aren't all that bad, uh, but when teams have had success getting after the Bills' defense, what have they done? Yeah, it's lately all they've had to do is run the football. Uh, you know, I don't know what exactly happened to this Bills' rushing defense, but pretty much ever since the Oakland game, they have not been able to stop the run. The Jets chewed them up on the ground. They made Matt Forte look like he was six or seven years younger than he is. <laughs> uh, the, you know, the Saints ran for two ninety-eight or something. I mean, uh, the, the Saints absolutely destroyed them. At one point during the game, they ran for twenty-four straight plays. They had a ten-play, ninety-four-yard drive. That was all runs. It was. It was bad. I mean, and that's happening for a lot of people. Want to blame it on them trading Marcel Darius, and obviously that. I was just help. about to ask you about that. I mean, that that's obviously a you know a big body in the middle. He wasn't playing a lot, and he wasn't playing particularly well early in this season. But that obviously hurt them. You you lose a body in your rotation, especially a guy that can play at a high level when he wants to, that hurts. But, I mean, this is, you know, a this is a, a problem that runs much deeper to me because you have guys that are getting blown off the football on the defensive line, but you have linebackers, quite frankly, that can't tackle. Uh, and it's, ha- it's uh, sort of been a recent problem for them. Well. Uh, and, you know, Reggie Ragland uh, might have, <laughs> you know, gotten on the field if they kept him around. I mean, it's funny all the decisions you can go down that this team has made that are coming back to bite them right now. But you know, Preston Brown, Lorenzo Alexander, Ramon Humber—all three of those guys are having trouble both getting off blocks and tackling. Yeah. And so, running the ball has been way too easy for teams. And on top of that, 
you know, the last two weeks, Keenan Allen and, and Michael Thomas have really chewed them up. So, you know, team's number one receivers are finding ways, you know, to get open. EJ Gaines is back healthy, which is, you know, a big positive because he's been playing well. But there's a chance Micah Hyde could miss this game. He, he checked out okay after getting a knee injury on Sunday, but, you know, he'll be day-to-day. I mean, the secondary is better than the front seven right now, but they're not getting a pass rush and they can't stop the run. So there's definitely ways to beat this build defense. You kind of just have to, to pick how you want to do it. Were you surprised they traded? They just gave up on Ragland without really seeing what he could do? I was a little surprised, to be honest. That he didn't make, you know, a ton of sense in a 4-3, mm-hmm. but he's a guy that you had... You know, he was a, a blue-chip prospect coming out of the draft. Uh, obviously, he doesn't have the speed of a Luke Keekley, but he's a guy that I would think you could find a, a spot for, at least rotationally, and you had him on a cheap rookie deal. So, uh, to me, that was a guy that, you know, you could find a spot for. And, you know, he's a, as I'm sure you know, getting to know him, he's, he's a good guy. He is. And, he's a great uh, guy. I love him. I mean, he's super smart. He's a good guy to have in the locker room. He comes from a winning program, which are all the things that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have tried to bring to Buffalo. You know, mm-hmm. they, they want, uh, you know, those types of guys in the room. So, you know, trading Darius, I got from a culture standpoint. Trading Sammy Watkins, he was, you know, in the final year of his contract and had injury problems. You can explain a lot of the trades. And, the Raglan one was a bit of a head-scratcher. I know he doesn't fit perfectly into a 4-3 defense, but when you look at the, the linebacker problems that they have, uh, you know, he was the guy that you know still had some ability. And I just don't like to see coaches you know, trade away guys that don't fit instead of finding a way to get a talented player to fit into what you do or you know, bending what you do to fit that player. And you had him on a cheap rookie deal and, and could have gotten something out of him. But, you know, uh, the Chiefs, you know, their loss was the Chiefs game because I, I think that guy definitely has room, room to grow into himself as a player. And uh, he's got, you know, tremendous football character. I would expect that, you know, he'd be a solid starter for them. I believe he got more snaps last week than he has at any point this season. So, I mean, That's right. he's working into that role already. So, um, yeah, that was definitely – one of the more surprising deals, but honestly, with everything they've done since they got here, uh, it's hard to call anything too surprising. <laughs> um, all right, what uh, all right, just wrapping this thing up here. Like, what's the roadmap for the Bills to win this game? I'm gonna ask you your prediction in a minute, but like, I mean, have you have you ridden off this team from winning this game? Like, what, how could, what do they need to do to win it? And you think? Yeah, they're gonna have a hard time. Uh, winning this one. They have not played well on the road, for starters. Uh, you know, they knocked off Atlanta early in the year, but other than that, they've really struggled on the road, and Arrowhead is not the easiest place to play. Now the Chiefs are, you know, kind of reeling a little bit lately, but they're still the more talented team. I mean, I I guess if the Bills are going to win this game, they the defense has to pull itself together, because that's been a huge problem. I mean, they've allowed 135 points in the last three weeks. They've been outscored by 80 in the last three weeks combined. It's it's been really really bad on the defensive side of the football. So for starters, they need to get that figured out. And their roadmap before was getting turnovers. That's how they won games. And if they can't get turnovers, they're in big trouble. So I think 
you know, if there's a roadmap to win this game, it probably starts with Sean McDermott walking to the, the left turn tomorrow morning for his news conference and announcing Tyrod Taylor as his starter. <laughs> and from there, you know, the defense needs to get turnovers and they need to rely on the running game and, and get that going and, and probably, you know, get Charles Clay rolling again like they had him going earlier in the year. But, man, I have a hard time seeing this team snap out of this funk. I mean, it, I'm guessing, you know, they were 5-2 and two a few weeks ago. They're sitting at 5-5 five and five right now. Chiefs and Patriots the next two weeks. I think they're going to be 5-7 and seven here, you know, in the blink of an eye. Wow. All right. What's your prediction officially, my man? I think the Chiefs are going to win, I'll, I'll call it 27-13. to 13. I think they're going to, you know, beat them pretty handily. Lesser teams than the Chiefs have beaten the Bills pretty badly in the last few weeks so I have a hard time I think this is a good game for the Chiefs to get back on track and, and find some of what, you know, what was working for them uh, because the Chiefs are, or the, the Bills rather are letting letting everybody score right now and I, I just worry about where the focus of the team is when they don't know who their quarterback is and when you know they're kind of they, they have to be questioning some of what's going on so I like the Chiefs to win this one pretty big. I just don't trust the Bills where they're at, and I don't trust them on the road. I got you, Matt. Hey, man, how can they find your work, my man? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Matthew Fairburn and read all of my stuff at Syracuse.com or NewYorkUpstate.com. Uh, and, yeah, we'll be we'll be out in uh, Kansas City this weekend, so I look forward to seeing you. Likewise, man. Remember, S F A I. R-B-U-R-N. Make sure you guys give them a follow this week if you want to stay on top of the Bills news during the game and leading up to the game, too. Matt, I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Sunday. Make sure you get you some Kansas City barbecue, too. All right? Absolutely. Uh, it's already uh, already on the schedule. Where should I go? What's your, your top recommendation? Oklahoma Joe's. Million percent. That's what it's Joe's Kansas That's City a- now, but go check it out. Get the Z-Man. Be happy. You'll be great. Yes. That's the one I have not been to uh, all my oh, years oh. In, in Missouri. I never got never got there, so uh, oh, I think man. I'm going to have to have to make that happen on Saturday. Yeah, you, yeah you're going to have to do that. And um, they've also got like a a chicken like gumbo soup that I really like. You're going to want to check that out too, my man. Yeah, I think I'll have to post up there for a few hours. And <laughs> work my way through the menu. Yeah, that's what you won't go wrong. Trust me, Matt. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. Um, have a safe trip. See you on Sunday. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Therese. All right. Thanks, man. Okay, so good stuff there from Matt. Here's the A-Team Roundtable. Let's go. Hey, everybody. It's Therese Paler, Chief B writer with the Kansas City Star, and I'm here with three-fifths of the A-Team. We, we're, we're missing some bodies here, are we not? I wonder, I wonder if we're being viewed in places like New York or Oregon. <laughs> But perhaps, yeah. I wonder, wonder if we have an audience in, in those particular places. Yeah, I know. Hollywood Sam um, at the family compound by a coast. We love you, Sam. Hope you're doing well. Hope yeah. you're having fun, man. Vahe, same to you, man. Um, Absolutely. Both know those guys are working. I mean, Vahe wrote a great column about he, Missouri today. He sure did. Um, he, he sure did on uh, on Michael Porter Jr. So Just goes to show you, the 18 never sleeps. Ever. And uh, just like we don't either. It's Thanksgiving. It's the day before Thanksgiving. I'm sure you guys are winding down at work. And here we are, getting ready to dissect a bad football game. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
actually recapping a bad football game on Sunday. An awful football game. Not just bad, awful, huh, Blake? I, I can't tell you how many people have told me that they were... Everybody was disgusted with the outcome, yeah. as, the, as the Chiefs fans, as they should have been. But I can't tell you the number of people who told me that they were bored by the game as well. Not just disgusted by the outcome, but fell asleep during the game, <laughs> bored during the game. That's, that's what you want to be, boring and bad. It, boring and bad, right. Now, that definitely fits the case. Um, that definitely states it well. I'm pleased to welcome our ace photographer, Dave Euler, to the mix. I'm doing double duty here. I know. Making sure that you guys can hear me. And then, so, yeah. Definitely right pulling your weight this week. Look at that. I'm, I'm, I'm providing content and making sure it looks good. That's right. That's right what there. we want. <laughs> uh, just goes to show you the A-team's a team effort. We're always going to deliver no matter what. Uh, we do have a great show for you today. Of course, we're going to cover the Chiefs' upcoming game against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday at noon. Um, kind of an interesting matchup in a few ways. We'll get to that later, uh, specifically as it relates to the Bills' defense. Um, we're also going to we're going to rank where this Giants' loss from Sunday stacks up on the list of bad Andy Reid losses since he's been here. I think that's going to be pretty good. Um, then we're going to answer your questions uh, for another brisk, fast-moving. Excellent show. You guys ready to get going? The holiday edition. All right. Um, first you're, the, you're the stuffing, and you're the pumpkin pie. <laughs> Boom. Let's, um, you know, let's kind of, let's jump into that Andy Reid thing. So, the Chiefs lost 12-9 to the Giants on Sunday, which you probably had the misfortune of watching if you're um, devoted enough as a fan to be watching this right now. Um, it was boring to watch on TV. Tell them, Blair, it was actually worse in person, up in the press box, it was one of those quiet press boxes. Like yeah, big, big, where you can't it's, hear it's anything. Huge, it's a huge Very press antiseptic. box. Very antiseptic. because you you said it uh, after the game. It's a corporate stadium. Very corporate. Um, and uh, and they they announced the crowd about seventy six thousand. There are probably about fifteen thousand empty seats. Um, not a place where fans can really feel engaged and no. be part of it. It's. Uh, it was my first trip. Was it your first trip there? It was. My yeah. first trip there. It was. I had been there for the uh, Jets game where Todd Haley was fired oh, after, the after that game. game. Right, mm-hmm. right. So my first trip there, I was kind of eager to see what it was about. And, and we're all going back in, in another you know, week and a half for the, for the Jets. I don't want to say I was disappointed, but it was, it was a unique. As much as we have enjoyed the smaller atmosphere, mm-hmm. the intimate places like the uh, Carson, California place where the Chargers play, right. and the Raiders, Oakland right. Coliseum, right. which is a dump, but a lovable old right. dump. This wasn't, nothing lovable about nothing. this place. I think it was like, for me, it's the fact that it's just sort of another, you know, round bowl. Like a lot of the interesting stadiums, I think like Seattle has a cool stadium where they've got sort of the open sure. end zones and those oh, yeah. those wings that kind of yeah. pop up in Cincinnati the end zone. Cincinnati has an interesting yeah, and, and even too. Soldier Field is is bizarre to the point of being like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like MetLife is just sort of like, oh, well, this is what you get for one point six billion in a in a multi purpose stadium. But yeah. hey, of course, uh, the Chiefs couldn't win at the old place, the Meadowlands. And they can't win at MetLife, uh, at least when they're playing the Giants anyway. Such a bad game. Like Again, I, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but that Giants team was one of the worst I studied on tape. And a really embarrassing loss in a lot of ways. Um, and, and, and a loss that caused me to lose some faith in this team. I stated after the game, and mm-hmm. I wrote this in print, I'm not going to call them a Super Bowl contender until I see significant progress in, in multiple areas. I agree. Um, that's, that's the kind of loss a, a Super Bowl caliber team doesn't have on it, its record. No, I agree. And uh, I think this one really took the 
took something out of Chiefs fans as well. I think it did. A, a yeah. Relief. Yeah. Uh, Everybody. And I, and I mentioned it to you earlier, and, and what do you think about this, Dave, that I think now there's, the Chiefs fans have this sense of inevitability about this team. There's, it can only go so far. and and Almost a Mizzou Tigerish kind of pessimism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> that I can, that, that that I can the, say. That is after a, the first month, you know, month and a half, people were just so gung ho, and this mm-hmm. was the this was the team, and this was the one that uh, we were all thinking about that story to write about. This is the team Andy's been Andy Reid's yeah. been waiting for for five years, and and uh. I, you know, and it wasn't, you know, if the Giants had played out of their minds, and you know, oh look, here's a sixty yard flea flicker, and oh, and look at all this stuff they did, they didn't play well at all. There, I couldn't tell you how many dropped scored, passes there were, and the I thought scored nine points. They and scored I just, nine points in regulation. I thought, boy, if you if you can't step on the neck of this team, that that was troubling. I, I thought. I, I'm curious to know what you thought about the atmosphere there. Like, did the Chiefs seem flat to you? Was there energy at all? I didn't. I didn't feel like there was any energy in the stadium whatsoever. Okay. Uh, I just felt like it was. I'm not saying it was like a library down there, but it was like. I, I didn't get a san- sense that Giants fans were enthused, and I didn't get a sense that the Chiefs fans that were there were enthused. Mm-hmm. I just I felt like it was sort of like people were probably thinking, "Man, I dropped a hundred bucks to park here," you know. <laughs> well, don't worry, guys. We get to go back in two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it, worry, it, is Jer- it, is, it is New Jersey. So how could you not love that? So I wonder what they do because remember I noticed this when we were in the uh, state, like like most stadiums now, they have their like Ring of Honor around the yeah. stadium. You had. Lawrence Taylor and, yeah. and all the you know, Carson, all the Giants guys, they just dropped those and put up Joe Namath and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weeb Eubank and, and, and Jets, Weeb. Hero, yes. and Weeb. Jets Heroes. Yeah. He's my favorite football player named Weeb. Right. Richie Kotite. Yeah. <laughs> can't forget Richie. No, no, can't forget Richie Kotite. No, no Boomer Esiason. That's a little Jets humor. We'll get to that next week. Um, but uh, if you're already depressed about the Chiefs, this probably won't help, but it'd be fun. To wallow in yourself pity for a while because we're about to break down the worst losses of the Andy Reid era since he arrived in 2013. Mm. If I miss one, to bring it up after. Okay. okay. Mm. So here are the candidates. Go ahead. The playoff loss, loss against Indy in 2013. <laughs> Blew a 28-point lead. Yeah, in in the third quarter. In the third quarter. That's tough. The Tennessee Titans season opener. Everybody's so excited mm-hmm. about coming out in 2014. The Titans were like a 2-14 and 14 team that year, by the way. They, they went on to win one more game the rest of the year. They lose Derrick Johnson. They lose Mike DeVito. Right. And the air out of the stadium was completely sucked out. Chiefs scored one touchdown and had two blown Achilles. <laughs> in that <Yeah>. game. <laughs> right. More blown Achilles than <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Jamal Charles game in 2015. Mm, the remember fumble. against the, the Bears? No. The, well, yeah, oh, the, the Broncos We're one? getting there, yeah. No, okay, no, okay. The sorry. Game. The Bears game. Didn't want to jump into it. That was, no, no, no. That's good. <laughs> the last time we saw real Jamal Charles. How yeah, sad is yeah, that? Yeah, you're right. And and at maybe some A-team trivia. The last time that nobody in the A-team except for yourself was there because right. that was the, the day of game the, four right. of, the of the Royals Astros Royals Astros game. So we were all down in Houston it watching was the B that. team. <laughs> it was Todd Palmer and Todd was there. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I, so, I missed that game. I was in I was in Houston. Yeah, yeah. we were covering the Royals and, and that was the, the great comeback game. Yeah, game right. four. But uh, we were keeping up with the game and it was just such a oh my gosh to see that play and see the replay of Jamal uh, with with a knee injury. And they somehow lost that. There's no way they're going to lose that game and somehow lost that game. Um, the Jamal Charles fumble game in 2015. Uh, uh, Broncos uh, on yeah, TV. On, uh, what a brutal, brutal game that was. Oh, that was crushing. 
<laughs> Chiefs had five. That was the fifth mm-hmm. turnover for the Chiefs that night. And with four, I thought they were still going to win the game mm-hmm. with four. But mm-hmm. that fifth one, ugh. That's right. Uh, by the way, send your questions now for later, okay? Send them in. We'll get to them, okay? Uh, the Tennessee loss last December. It was cold. Oh, Just kind of a miserable overall experience. Like, you got to watch your team get beat up yeah. in the exact way they ended up losing in the playoffs. And I give you guys credit as fans. You guys freaked out about that game. And I was just like, you know, whatever. It, mm-hmm. But uh, you guys have been through it. You've earned that right. Because you, you, you guys were right about that. Like, they ended up losing that exact same way against a physical team in January. Absolutely they did. That was a weird game, though. Weird ending because... Remember how cold it was? Ridiculously mm-hmm. cold that that game, and so the, the the Titans come on to kick a fifty-three yard attempt. I think no way in that kind of weather you're going to make that. And Ryan Suska missed, was way well short, but Andy Reid called timeout. Yeah, and suck up with the second chance. Knew what he had to do to get it over the bar. And, and as as I recall, Alex Smith had it was like third and three to basically kill the clock to win oh, the game, and then. Um, Smith sort of went out on like a like a naked bootleg with a like a read option and kept it and got tackled for a lot. And it was like the Chiefs had to punt, and the Titans drove down. It was just like, ugh. Um, all right, Pittsburgh, of course, in uh, January. Uh, yes, <laughs> it's sad that there are this many. There are so from. many, <laughs> and this is a team that's been good, man. Yes, they've, they've won. So good. They've won twice as many as they've lost in this time. You could do. You could do great. You can. There are probably this many equally great wins too. Right. But it's like there are. There are. For sure. uh, the Giants game, obviously, that's on yeah. the list too. So here's my. Here's how I think we should rank, or at least. Pick well, I teams. think I think you left one out. Oh, the the game in Oakland uh, in in Andy's. Second year, the Eric Berry game when they were oh. Raiders row in ten. Oh, Thursday night football. Yes. Night football That's game. great. And Eric Berry didn't play well. I said, what was going on with oh, Eric yeah. Berry? And then, oh, he had cancer. Right, it's, yeah. it's just cancer. <laughs> That's right. No, you don't see That's that on the injury report that often. Uh, right, right. The Eric Berry cancer game. That's right. Yep. Okay, so open. Okay, so there you go. Um, and I think we need to judge it this way. If you were a fan of the Chiefs, which game would you least want to be locked in a room with for the rest of your life? <laughs> Just on, on, on video, on a video. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to transfer all of my feelings as a Lions you know, as, a, <laughs> to, as a Chiefs fan. I think, I actually don't think it'd be the Indy loss because it was the first year you had Andy. That game was actually really exciting to watch. There were so many like big plays. Yeah, it was kind of like fun to watch that game. It was. I don't think I will pick that one. I hate to admit it, but that was a fun. That, game that was watch. a fun game, unlike a lot of these, right? Yeah. And even the um, even the Oakland game you mentioned, they lost, but that was like a fun game. There was like a lot of offense in that game. There was twenty four twenty, and uh, but but still a, a, a gut punch loss. <laughs> I think because of the stakes. And everything that that game represented, I think I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. It was not a fun game to watch. As you were reading them, as, as you were reading them off, I think the level of disappointment of Chiefs fans was greater for that game than any of the ones that we, we see. Talked I, about. I I think I would go with. I thought the most heartbreaking loss was the Charles fumble against the Broncos. Really, that was the game that I thought finally the Chiefs beat Peyton Manning, get that off their back. The place was hopping, you it know, was, Monday night. Like, great atmosphere. And everybody thought that 
the Chiefs were going to finish it off they'd for a win. Off, they'd come off the, the going to Houston and winning the opening yeah. game because that was the first, that was a home opener, and they had won at Houston. Uh, remember Marcus Peters with a pick on the first That's play right. of his NFL yeah. career yeah. in yeah. Houston, yeah. and then they, they got the Broncos. They, they led that whole game. Yeah, I, it's like I I thought for sure. Oh, Chiefs have got this. Finally, you know they beat Peyton Manning in Kansas City. It's, oh, it's great, it's great. And then ooh, what was it like with thirty seconds left? Well, 30 I mean, it was just absolutely. It was Roby like a brutal. And that started the five game losing streak for for the Chiefs. That's if, right. If a football game could be a horror movie. <laughs> that you know, NFL films, the old NFL films could have put some scary music to that. That that was the one to me that I was just like, ooh, man, that's gonna leave a scar. Which of these games you've been at all of them? Which of these well, except the tennis boot. But which of these games was was one where you felt the most tangible disappointment in the stands? I honestly I thought it was against the Broncos. Really? Yeah. Not well even... I think because the indie game was in Indianapolis, so there are fewer field. but there was like a sense of you could just sort of feel the sense of dread just building. Oh, for the, the Steelers. Or no, for the indie okay. game and the Steelers. You could just feel okay. the dread building as the time clicked. The Broncos was, was one punch. of those like... Everyone was excited. Everyone was yeah. believing. Yeah. That's a good point. I like that. Okay. I, 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 I mean, pe- I think people were a- just like jaw-dropped that not only there was a fumble, but it was run back for a trying. touchdown. And the Broncos were down by what? 14 or 15? They, they got down 14. They were or down, 13? I think they were down 14. I think the Chiefs led 14 to nothing in that game, and the Broncos tied yeah. it up. But then the Chiefs took a lead, and the Broncos tied it up again. I just thought the Chiefs were going to win. They'd win it in overtime. That, that was the, 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 the loudest anger I had heard at <laughs> Arrowhead. Good. The Pittsburgh one was just more like, uh, yeah, that happened. Ooh. Okay, so you're you're agreeing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. The Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh. I think the. Okay. However, the Andy Reid era plays out in Kansas City. If it goes, we don't. We have no idea, right? Right. If it's ultimately not successful, if there's ultimately not a Super Bowl appearance by the Chiefs, that's gonna. Be I think cool. that that'll look that'll be looked at as maybe a turning point. The Steelers game. Steelers well, yeah, whereas I think that I think the emotion that was with the Broncos. I thought that was the shocking loss, but. But the stakes were certainly higher in any playoff game. You know what the worst thing about that, the the one last year too, like they won so many like entertaining games that year. Oh my god! And it really felt like it was their year. They won so many games. They had so many killer. Yeah, fashion. so many so many good things broke their way. That's that. Was that the nine and zero year? No, 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 no just last, last year. year. Oh, the, the okay. game in Carolina, the the Marcus oh, Peters yeah. Benjamin game, the the Atlanta game, the, right. Eric Berry yeah. in Atlanta was just special, just special, and they did. They won more of those types of games. That the, the Broncos game was crazy out at uh, Invesco. Uh, you just thought it was their. They were charmed. Yeah. They were the charm team last year, and that charm went away when they called the holding on uh, on Eric Fisher uh, against Harrison. What a what a what a what a bad loss. I mean, just <laughs> all right. But if, let's say in the spirit though of Thanksgiving and the holiday. Mm-hmm. They have we don't have to do equal time, but they've had some good wins, right? They've had good like wins. That, I good thought that Atlanta good. win was was bonkers. Special. I thought yeah. the Denver game was one of the actually. I think I had the most juice after the Panther game because I you didn't think they could come back against that defense no, no, in no. that kind of hole. Like I thought that that was um, and that I'm, was pretty cool. I might add the best punt of the year was <laughs> Marcus Peters at Carolina. Yeah. And actually, I mean he, that was he had like. Five seconds of hang time on that punt. That was a solid Pro Bowl punt. Actually, the Peters strip might have been the best play I've seen live in football. 
still to yeah, this day. It was it was, it was incredible. Play. It was incredible. Yeah, uh, they had so many like amazingly fun wins to watch. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we just named three fire last year. They yeah, were, yeah, yeah, and and we didn't even talk about either of the Patriots regular season wins yeah. this year and the yeah. one in twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Sure. So they've had, you know, it's Thanksgiving. It's a holiday. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be right. entirely down. Eh. But <laughs> four or five. They don't get credit for that, right? No, they don't get credit. They lost for four. They should have been better than that. Yeah, um, they but you're right, though. They're, this team, by and large, has given you more to be happy about than absolutely uh, more than be more than things to be sad about. Uh, yep. So there, you know, there's something to be said for that. Um, you know, this, this this Buffalo game, I think, is kind of interesting because the Bills are coming in at five and five. They got a quarterback situation that has been resolved. Last week. It was Nathan Peterman instead of Tyrod Taylor, who I think we all like. Oh um, gosh, yeah. But they benched him for Nathan Peterman, who was awful. Five first-half interceptions. That's something that's never been done in NFL history. With all the NFL games that have been played, that's something that's never been done. So no that's surprise, uh, Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach, goes back to Tyrod Taylor. Um, and I, I wonder, do you guys believe a little bit in Tyrod's ability to kind of rally his guys this week? Because I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ty come out there and make some throws. Well, I think he's going to make plays because that's kind of the, the only – I wrote about this for tomorrow, um, the Chiefs having to defend Tyrod Taylor. Don't ask the Chiefs who they want to play quarterback for the Bills. They'll take Nathan Peterman every know, time. Because Tyrod Taylor came into the stadium two years ago and performed really well against the Chiefs. Threw for almost 300 yards, three touchdown passes, scrambled for about 50 yards. He had a really nice game against the Chiefs, who ended up winning. But, um, but yeah, I yes, I, I think that this is a moment for the Bills to kind of galvanize their locker room, prove their coach wrong, and... You know, and, and, and Tyrod Taylor have a good game. He, he played well when he came in to, in the second half of the Chargers loss last week. But um, I, I, think, I think Tyrod Taylor should, should scare the Chiefs that haven't gotten any, any pass rush in the yeah. last mm-hmm. two games. No pressure on the quarterback yeah. in the last couple of games. He, Tyrod Taylor can do He's going to run around. He is. He's going to be really motivated. They couldn't, they couldn't put pressure on a standstill quarterback last week. What are they going to do with Tyrod yeah. Taylor? And Eli Manning was Statue of Liberty yeah. back there, you know. And I don't think it, I don't think it's too much to say an exaggeration. Both of these teams, their seasons are really on you know the seesaw. The Bills lose. Can you really see them kind of getting back into it? And if the Chiefs lose, whew, whew. well, if the Chiefs lose. The spiral continues, especially yeah. if the Chargers win and the yeah. Raiders win, and all of a sudden they're breathing down. They're one game back, breathing down the next, and. Um, uh, and I, you know, for the several weeks here, I think the Chiefs may have been thinking, oh, well, you know, hey, we could lose a couple here. It's all good. You know, look how bad Oakland is. Look how bad Denver is. Yeah. Um, I don't think they have any, any bye weeks left. I don't either. I mean, they, they should be able to finish strong here, but they've played so poorly in general the last month or so. Um, they have to. They need to earn your trust back, and that's okay. It's okay to make these guys earn your yes, trust back. Absolutely, that's absolutely okay. Do you do you feel like the 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 lack of kind of a consistent ability to run is like the the straw that stirs the drink? That that like almost it seems like everything every planet is out of orbit, kind of because they're not getting. Yeah, they're not able to like. Okay, it's. Third and four, we're going to run it, and we're going to make a first down. Yeah, I mean, it, 
what teams are doing is they're keeping everything in front of them. They're playing a lot of zone, and then they're really attacking hard downhill on their zone runs. So before every zone run, you know it's zone because you see the offensive line kind of go from your TV screen. You'll see them move more like this as opposed to like this, right? Or like this or like this as opposed to like this. Well, what you need to watch from now on is when the Chiefs do a zone run, you see them go like this. Watch how fast and how hard the defensive line gets up into their, their chest and like cuts them off and refuses to be reached. Watch that. These linemen are really firing off hard, and the Chiefs just aren't getting very much push up front in a lot of ways. Like they're really firing on that. Um, this is the offensive line's fault in a lot of ways. Like they they need to open up bigger and better holes. And then teams are going to play so much zone, they're forcing the Chiefs to kind of settle for things underneath. But you can throw teams out of zone. You can pick zones apart. That is on the quarterback. Dallas has to make more throws. And I thought the win did play a factor no matter what they told you. It's difficult to drive the ball downfield when the wind is like that. Even Eli didn't do it that much. And Eli has a, you know. So, look, I think on a balmy day, a regular day, I think the Chiefs beat them. I do. I, I think it's – but though I think the weather did play a role. And that's not making excuses. Mm-hmm. The Giants have to play in that too. What, what do you make of the comments of Travis Kelsey after the game about uh, no success against the cover two? Um, I think it was overstated. The Giants played some cover two, mm-hmm. uh, not very much. It was more zone coverage in general. Okay, it's it's not just covered. Yeah, there's a little cover two, but it's mainly it's, it's other zone coverages, not just that. Trust me on that. Take that to the bank. Um, they they have to get better at throwing teams out of that stuff. I just um, the some of the concerns that I have with the Chiefs is you don't see them thrown over the middle. Part of that is. You know, Albert Wilson not being mm-hmm. there, their, maybe their favorite guy to throw to over the middle. He is back, though. Um, Hammy's better. He was at practice today. So um, so there is that. And, um, oh, and of course, the, the, there's just no room for Kareem Hunt to run. I mean, yeah. he's getting hit behind the line yep. so many times and having to break a tackle before he even, you know, gets into positive yards. And it's no coincidence that when Kareem Hunt was busting off 120 yards a game easily, that Alex Smith looks like Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, those like those two things right. are, you know, that's like peanut butter and jelly there. You take Kareem Hunt away, and then everybody's like, oh, well, you know, let's see what happens. Yeah, this Buffalo game is going to be closer than we probably think. I think, you know, the Bills – have a difficult time stopping the run, though, and that's the good news. Yeah. That's the good news. The Bills aren't very good against right. the run, right. and that might just be what the Chiefs are looking for. They've here. given up, I think okay. I saw this, like in this three-game mm-hmm. losing streak, they've given up like 630 rushing yards yes. the last three games, so maybe just with a doctor ward for the Chiefs. It's supposed to be a nice day on Sunday, I believe. That would be... I'm, all, I'm always me. down for Because yeah. <laughs> it's all about me, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's all that's about right. the weather right. and how comfortable I am. warmer than today. Right. <laughs> um... You know, we're going to get to our predictions about the game later, but let's just go ahead and answer some questions and get this reader engagement going. Um, Did you see my sweater, by the way? I dressed up for this. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. I asked my wife, I was like, what do you think? No, yeah. Yeah, so. Good call. Yeah, Yeah. it's nice. It's like, big buttons. I'm telling you. That looks like a Thanksgiving sweater. It does. Something you wear on on Thanksgiving. I'm going to, like, have a big leg of turkey in (laughs) it. It's all good. Um, Lars. I'm sorry, Lars. I actually can't pronounce that. Lars Fike, maybe? I don't know. Says, my eyes still hurt from the Giants game. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Jordan Tribe says, after that loss, 
we could should see a double digit win coming. Yeah, uh, I I'm not gonna give the Chiefs that much credit. I I think they need to prove it before I give them that much credit. Just haven't seen it. Right. Haven't seen anything. Based on what you know, Jesse Bates says thoughts on Clark Bunts. Perception of this team after the last several. Hey, kudos to you, Jesse. He's calling back old podcasts. Like, this is great. <laughs> Thank you, man. You, you that's, right. that's from the podcast yeah. archive. That's, that's our Thanksgiving <laughs> to you, right there. Um, what does he think? I, I think that this team. I think Clark is expecting this team to go to the playoffs. I think as long as this team is winning more than they're losing, um, and they're just generally respected, he's okay. I do think he wants to win a Super Bowl, but. You know, I don't think that he's going to be too upset about anything that happens as long as they finish with winning records and make the playoffs and have a chance in the dance. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, how about, you know, how about Brady and Roethlisberger again, you know, in this AFC, maybe until they get the hell out of this conference that somebody else will have a chance. But it's just setting up again for Steelers and Patriots hmm. to, to you know, be the best two teams in the AFC, maybe the best two teams in football. Do you think that we have seen the last of trick plays? No, God, no, hell, no. Because we we had we had two Dontari Poe's last year, but we had and we've got a Tyreek Hill interception, we've got a Travis Kelsey interception. Like, yeah. what's the over under on the on the trick we'll plays? See at least two more the rest of the way. Andy enjoys them too much. <laughs> he enjoys them too much. Don't does you, don't does you he think, enjoy the turnover though? Well, obviously, uh, no. But don't you think that? Plays like that help get a team through practice. Yeah, those definitely. are teams that are They're fun things. Yeah, fun yeah. things, and through the drudgery of a of a season, you know, you it always works in practice too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just think those are the types of things that you, you know, you you, you you do those things to help keep a team interested and excited and, and going through the motions, uh, not going through the motions Ooh. of practice. Uh, Jesse Bates says thoughts on Dwight Freeney being released from Seattle. Um, I think that in general, there's not enough great pass rushers in this league or good ones or even average ones, and if Hmm. you have one, they typically don't get released. I do think he's probably probably done in that sense. I think they would have kept him if he still had a lot of juice yet left. But do I think they need to at least bring him in and see what it works? Maybe if D. Ford is out. Like much longer. I, I yeah. think they need to like and he's explore today. every he was option. Out today, so. That's right. They need to explore every option because the pass rush has not been good enough. By the way, I will tell you this: watching the game again, you guys are lunching on Justin Houston. Like Justin was fine. Uh, he didn't hit the quarterback, but he had more pressures than you think, and he was really good against the run. Second was, highest graded defensive end in Pro Football Focus this week. Justin and he Houston was and he was, was coming off the end nicely. He yeah. just wasn't. He was getting pushed a little too far wide. And Eli would take one or two or steps inside. up. Yeah, I mean, it's like he that, he was there. It was the that, other side that that right. I, I wasn't seeing. That's any what you pressure. need. Like so, like Justin's doing his job. If Eli avoids Houston, what typically is good is when if he's backing up for the other end, take a wider angle and get him there. Mm-hmm. There wasn't enough pass for productivity, so just lay off Justin Houston. He was great. What do, what do we think is wrong with D Ford? His back. I mean, I, mean, I don't know how like, serious it is. I mean, is it, is it, it Michael, Michael Porter Jr. bad? It must be bad because um, he had the bye week and he was still, yep. you know, so. Yep. Um, you, I, wonder, you wonder if we've seen the last of him for the year. Or at least for the next several weeks. I, I think, you know, you put him on IR if you know he shall. But, you know, it might be kind of deal where they're letting him rest and then bring him out for a stretch run. Hmm. Uh, they, they, they need time, but indeed. And these guys to be ready to play here, so yeah, that's do. coming. Do you um, think that w- would you throw Passanio into any sort of 
pass rush kind of thing just because the they're of the defense just because they're not getting anything you know, off the I'm other not, end i'm not sure where he's at on the concept of the defense like there will come a point where teams realize that they can run like concepts at him that will confuse him that's just going to take time maybe there's a pinch hitting role here for him somewhere but um since i don't watch practice i don't know where he's at with that but i'm just telling you like there, there's a reason he's not playing mm-hmm. That was always a longer they term. Do like him, they they love, do like they him, though. They do like him. They like him. They like his athleticism. Jesse Bates says, Tellus Mitchell will be back this week. I can't tell you that. Philip Gaines actually was not terrible until the to that last drive. <laughs> last and you can argue. Yeah. Please argue. Yeah. This is, this is, it, was, this is it was schemed. Here. It was schemed almost for him to fail. Yeah, well, like, I mean, in what world do you call two straight all-out blitzes? I, I know the wind is bad, but... Yeah. Everyone's going to throw at Philip Gaines in that instant. At least give him some help over the top. Give make him, him throw help. at Marcus. Give him some help. That's at least make, right. him, make him throw, throw that throw at Marcus right, right. and watch what happens. Yeah. You know, like, give him give it a rest. I don't think Philip got ripped up last week. I mean, he really I, didn't. I he was be, playing a pretty good game I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start again on, on yeah, Sunday. Yeah. We'll see, but I wouldn't be surprised. But I do like Terrence Mitchell, and, and I, I think he should be playing more. Jordan Tribe said the Sunday night Pittsburgh blowout. Remember forty three fourteen early in the oh season. Oh my god! Yeah, that yeah. was bad. That was we bad. missed in, that in one in the rain. Yeah. Uh, we that was their fourth game, and they had a bye the following week. I just mm-hmm. figured they were done. Brendan Downey says, "Is the O line going to jail?" I would like to see Alex throwing less than thirty times a game. Well, listen, if I were a Chiefs fan, I would like that too. <laughs> I would have. I would. I prefer just big, strong, slothly, yeah. slew-footed guys like Oakland has. Who just power you with man gap concepts? We're running trap, we're running power, we're running toss, we're running ISO, we're running double team at the point, climb to the next level, physical punishment, and play action off that. That's how I'd build it. I wouldn't be doing all this, you know, athleticism kind of. Not what the Chiefs have. Not what the Chiefs have. I want, I want a bunch of guys that can get me fourth and one and fourth and goal at the one. Not That's what I want. A trick play. Right. That's you know. bulldozers, right? So, right. look, I don't know, man. Like these guys have to show. Like for instance, Zach Fulton's like my kind of guy. I like Zach Fulton. He'd be my center. Like it's like all right, great. I got a three hundred thirty pound guy who's my center. You're about to get punished with ISO runs. Like stop it. Have fun. Um, by the way, watch Zach Fulton sign with the Steelers or something and become a Pro Bowler. Just wait for, wait for Zach Fulton to sign with the Steelers or Titans to... or Jacksonville Jaguars and watch. You guys are going to be so pissed at that. Um, trying to bum everybody out for Thanksgiving, man. I call it like I see it. Mm-hmm. That's why you guys call me. Well, that's why you guys follow me. That's what you guys ask for. Don't you uh, love it when he talks football like that? When hey. he talks the lingo, the, the, the lingo and the language? I love that. A lot of people are saying the Colts game. I get that was the worst. I get it. I just I just assume that you I, that, you that was house money though. The yeah, Colts that's lost. exactly. You that's know? really interesting though. You know they, they they go from two and fourteen to eleven and five. Come on, they, you, you you take what you get with that. Um, uh, but 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 the bar was raised after that law after that season, mm-hmm. and except for the, the the playoff win at Texas, they just had not or Houston hasn't been. Yeah, up. I just remember that that. Dwayne Bowe not getting both feet oh, in when yes. when he when he could have he really probably could have dra- like another <laughs> real receiver making that money would have dragged oh, his foot. God. But that throw should have been it could have been a better throw like yeah throw. it's like they're kind of I not also, just calling out Dwayne. I also remember um, the seven concussions on concussion field. Oh yeah, oh yeah yeah in, in Indy at uh, the concussion stadium yeah. 
That's such a creative name, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, it's it, such a, it had trauma field. Head trauma, head trauma yeah. field at yeah. That's a, yeah, that's good. Uh, Lucas Straczynski, another loyal watcher, says, will the December home game versus the Chargers be the AFC West championship game? Might end up being. Might be. Chargers. Chargers aren't bad, man. Yeah, I know they had, they had Nathan Peterman to deal with last week, but they've been Chargers have been playing well before that. Mm-hmm. Played Jacksonville a field goal game in Jacksonville earlier this year. Brian LeBird says, will we ever see Parker Eanger? Grunhardt and Brian Baldinger believe that he would help the run game if he regains last year's form. I think if he was at last year's form, he would be playing. That's what I think. I think I don't think they forgot about him. It's got to be a practice thing. It's got to right? be a practice thing. You just, you just, they're not seeing it, and we, we don't know. You know, one thing you got to remember when linemen when they tear an ACL, so much of their power comes from their lower body. You got to move three hundred forty pound guys. Well, you know. We, I don't know if you know this, but when you tear your ACL, you can't like work out your lower body. You can't like really squat. That is true. You can't like build your lower body strength. You so I, I think he probably needs an off season of strength training to be ready to play. And he, I, I think he'll come back. And maybe you know what? Maybe he plays on Sunday. I don't know. But I think in retrospect, the reason because he's been training for over two or three months now, I think he he's has, been training, he getting the lower body strength back. And, and he was he was on the inactive list for the first month, but then he was off the he was yeah. he was an active player for about three weeks. Now he's been on the back on the inactive list for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and that with with Mitch Morris and now LTD back. Um, so uh, I, I don't I don't know. It's it's something of a mystery because the Chiefs don't talk about it like they don't talk about a lot of things. You, you you know you just he was Andy Reid was asked about him earlier in the week and you got the Andy Reid uh, uh, you know listen listen hey let's see how that goes huh? you, <laughs> you guys want to do an Andy Reid impression all you got to do is just like yeah, yeah. you got to start with yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then just yeah. flick your hand and that's it it's yeah. that easy it is it. that easy yeah. um, so I'm planning on doing my annual review that way. <laughs> 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 well, well, Dave, they're going to bring you into the yeah. office. How can you improve? I, yeah. I don't worry about this. Yeah. Yeah, we'll look at it. But it's like we all have a piece of that. You should try to do the Andy Reid with your wife. Yeah. See how that goes. Yeah. This weekend, this Thanksgiving, yeah. just be like, Dave, I need you to. Hey, honey, can you pull that out of the. Yeah. I need some help in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get yeah. back with you yeah. on that. <laughs> we'll get that to you. Watch her react like the Philly media. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't do that to me, Andy. Yeah. Um, is Brendan Downey asked, is Mahomes going to get more reps with the ones in practice? I don't think so. I, I think as long as Alice has started, he's going to get 95% of sure. the practice reps. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe they, you know, anything can happen in football, right? Like, he, you know, in two weeks, Mahomes could start. Yeah, you just never know, right. right? But I just, I don't think that that's something that they're going to do. I think they're going to give Alex the rightful chance to finish his shooting. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, bu- 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 How about the Broncos making their switch? I know. Well, they don't have it. They don't have a quarterback. You know, they as good as great just, as John Elway was. Are they just trying out, trying out Paxton yeah, Lynch? Like we don't care anymore. Just, the yeah, season's yeah, over. I mean, that's a five-win team, dude. Like they're yeah. Um, let's see. So many Colts playoff losses. Okay, I hear you guys. I, 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 I'm with you. That's interesting. Okay. I, so I, many. Because you know what? Year for, wasn't, that, wasn't that your first year on the beat? That was. You know what? I, you know what? We're underrating now. The Chiefs hadn't won a playoff game in 20 years at that point. That's right. Then that, uh, that, they, yeah. they had a 28 point, four touchdown lead in the third quarter. I, I, did, I guess I didn't realize the extent to which that loss hurt. I, and I've heard, uh, listen, I've heard, that we just talked about the losses in the Andy Reid era. 
the 2003 Colts playoff loss, the no punt game, yeah. people mm. tell me was the most painful to them. I go back to those 90s playoff losses, to the, the home losses to yeah. the Colts and the Broncos. Jesse Bay says, why not see what Chesson has? Kid has heart. They like him as a blocker. He's a tough guy. He loves football. He's a great – he has outstanding football character. Yeah, yeah, Boy, great special teams. Special He's teams awesome. Dude. Trust me. He, they like him. He's going to be here. This is a guy that like, you want in your room. That guy has outstanding mm-hmm. football character. He is like, always the first guy to the punt returner. Like, like almost every time – He's in my frame as the guy's catching the ball. And he is very, very much about the team. Like the team, the team, the team. Yep. He, that guy, trust me. So, but, so he'll be around. As a receiver, he's working on creating separation. He's a long, lanky guy. It can be take him longer to create right. uh, burst out of his cuts. Yeah, he's got to be really precise because he is long and lanky with his route and, running. And trust with Alex, right. like you've talked about before. It, but that's a good observation just to notice Chesson because he's he, he is – He's he's a standout in other ways. Al- Alex is going to love having uh, Wilson back because Wilson does run really crisp routes, precise routes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Josh Ogle says, "Do you think Sutton will be with us next year, and should he be?" Ooh, um, here's the thing. Aside from the aside from the Raiders' loss and the Cowboys' loss, mm-hmm. am I missing one? I don't think that the defense has been bad. There's two games the defense has been bad. Not unless you want to, you know, the, the game of the Texans where, where, uh, where Watson kind of tore him up. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. If you want, you some got that, that? Some of that I, but, was garbage but, but that time. Was, that was, yeah. It seemed like the whole second half was about garbage time yeah, for, that, I, for that. But I, the, the, the issue is the offense right now. I it think. is, I it do. is. And it seems like when things really are going bad for the Chiefs, it's not the defense. It's... It's Alex and the offense, and they're not giving up those Le'Veon Bell, where it looks like a four-yard gain, and you look up and you're like, "Wow, that was 18 yeah. yards!" And, wow. Until, until they meet the Steelers yeah. in the playoffs. Clay White says, "Trade Smith at the end of the season, then make room and go after Josh Norman in the off season." Um, I think at this rate, Smith will be traded in the off season at this rate because you might as well see what the kid can do for two million next year. But uh, that does not mean. That will stay that way. It's very possible Alex will go on have a very nice season. We'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. Like, just let it play out. Let's just see. Um, now, Josh Norman, yeah, by all means, bring another corner in here. Whether they, I think they should invest a draft pick in corner. And I think for the long term future, they need to be doing that. That's why I had them picking a Dory Jackson in my first mock, in my last mock draft last year because I didn't think Mahomes would be there and I didn't think they'd move up. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, yeah, corner's an issue, and they're going to start needing to address premium picks in that position because let me tell you something. you got to get those guys early. The good ones get mm-hmm. taken. Maybe you can develop a guy. We don't have time for that, right? For the long-term future, Marcus Peters, what, two lo years and behold, left on one year left lo and behold, deal? yeah, it's good. If, they, if the exercise option yeah. is two, mm-hmm. you either have to pay him a ton of money or he's going home probably. Yeah. He's going to play for the Raiders. So like, for, for like one last year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm telling you, like, so it's time to start replenishing this out this this cornerback pipeline. I, I actually I actually think there some people have suggested, I've heard this, that you break you gotta just start over on defense. It's there's so many broken parts right now. Linebacker, Ooh. linebacker, the other the other outside linebacker. Uh, what do you think? Is, is you mean it, start over by changing the scheme or just coordinator, mm-hmm. coordinator? Personnel. I, here's. I think they stick with the three four. 
because you've already drafted for five years looking for three, four personnel. If you want to change the defensive coordinator, you can do that. Sometimes things get stale. It's been five years. You can do that, I guess. Um, but I think, I think like, Brett Veach, like, all eyes on Brett. I was just going to say, is that why Brett Veach is here? Like, all eyes on Brett. Like, it's like you got to hit on these draft picks mm-hmm. now, the ones you have. You know, you got to hit on these. Because it's not just corner they got to draft, okay? It's That's receiver. Because right. Chris Conley's going to come back, and, yeah, he'll be back. But it takes two years to be the same guy after yeah. an Achilles. Yeah. So, and then what, right? You're going to have to take a receiver. But what you're really going to have to take is an outside linebacker. I agree. That's high. Mm-hmm. So I just told you two premium positions they're going to have to take with their second and third round pick. Right? You'll need defensive linemen. You need that too. Right? Yeah. Alan Bates yeah. in the last year, his deal. Mm-hmm. Benny Logan's a free agent after this year. Right? And guess who else is in the last year of his deal? Nunez Roaches. Uh, you got Chris Jones, but like, hey, you need more of that. Um, this thing, offensive yeah. line, if you're not happy, guess what? You're going to have to spend a draft pick on that. I mean, it's a good thing the Chiefs have 14 draft picks next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seven of them in the first round. Yeah. That's going to work out well. I'm telling you, man, like, there's, there's some work that's going to have to Brett Veach going to have to earn his money. It's like the, the, the roster looks good on paper, but like you said, it's the, the, you know, it's a paper, it's a wet paper bag. The bottom could fall out just so quickly. Guys retire, they move on from guys. It's like, yeah, the linebacker position is. Cam yeah. Wolf, my man. What's up, man? How you doing? Cam says, what does the chaos around the AFC West mean for the Chiefs' chance of holding on to the division? Oh, they can win the division. And he's too good of a coach for that. He's going to win the division, I in my guess. opinion. I, I guess. But, it's such a bad feeling right now. No, I understand. It's such a bad feeling. And I've punished them by saying that the Super Bowl's out. But I... They're gonna, they can win the division with nine and seven. They I, can. They can. Uh, what that, of course, what that means is there'll be a probably a four seed or a three, and that means you get a home playoff game in the wild card round against a wild with Ravens or a Bills, somebody like that. that. Yeah. And, yeah. and it should win that game, right? And then you go to Pittsburgh well, and New England next. Week. It depends. It depends on if a Smash Mouth team is that <laughs> yeah. team that comes in it's here. Titans. Yeah. Um, Brian LeBird says is Fulton a better center than Morse? Not in the current scheme. In the current scheme, Morse is a better. Zone guy. In my scheme, yeah, you want Fulton. In my scheme, yeah, I want Zach. Yeah, mm-hmm. get that to me, Coach Therese. Yeah, my my line's gonna average three forty. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, another more Colts. Colts games still hurt. <laughs> wow. Okay. It, what a revelation. It was is. a scar. Oh, when will Sutton start playing press coverage with the cornerbacks? You know, they played a lot of that when he first got here, and then teams threw over, and they weren't creating turnovers. Uh, Marcus is so gifted at reading the defense when he has space between him and the corner. I don't know the receiver. I don't know if you want to change that. I'm not really worried about the press coverage. The onus is on the men up front to get more pressure, in my opinion. Um, Brent Jordan Tribe agrees with me. Jordan Tribe also says, "What are the odds Casey gets a corner in round two? I think they're very high. Mm. I think they're very high. They they need to address this position. And another thing, I want you guys to remember because I go to the scouting combine every year. And I ferret out all the interviews. The Chiefs interviewed corners heavy, heavy, heavy mm. at last year's combine. Which means if they couldn't execute a Mahomes trade and if Watson wasn't there, they would have done it. I don't just like do stuff. <laughs> like this is my job. I don't just like do stuff. <laughs> like I'm telling you. And they liked Adore. And he ended up going 10 spots earlier, even though he's yeah, little. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Tredavious White, he's pretty good. That's who the Bills took. And. Uh, He's pretty doggone good. So there's, there's stuff there. 
Ooh, Steve Cashman says, can they get a first-round pick for Alex? Nah. Yeah, I don't think so. That's not not, not with his age. You're more looking at a third now, mm-hmm. maybe a fourth at this point. Uh, maybe he finishes a year strong and you can kind of ring a second, but a first is out of the question. That's not happening, especially with the history to a team, of head To a team where he grooms a young quarterback. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Buffalo's like Bears option. or something. Maybe Bears. Bears. Think about it, because like Sean McDermott's Andy Reid disciple. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh... All right. Oh, Chris Lamar says, call Rex Ryan. Guys, here's one thing I want you guys to remember, and we're almost done, okay? Here's what I want you guys to remember. Coaches, especially like defensive coaches and offense, coordinators can lose effectiveness with time. And coaches in general, how about this? NFL coaches in general can lose effectiveness with time as they've earned more money, get more secure, and get less hungry. So... You know, he might be very good at scheming, but, like, is he going to put in the work he did 20 years ago? No. You're, you're kind of almost always kind of better, unless it's like Wade Phillips. And Wade Phillips is outstanding, yeah. you know. You, you, I'd have to think about this some more, though. I mean, I, I think if you're, if you're coaching at the highest level, in the, in the NFL you're at the highest level, you've got to, you've got to measure a pride that, has, you know, that you've carried mm-hmm. with you throughout. And, and some do. the respect of their peers is very important some in do. that as well. Some don't. I'm, I'm not suggesting that can't happen. I don't. I'm not sure that that's happening here. Oh, I'm not talking about here. He asked me about Rex Ryan. Oh, Rex. I, again, I don't Re- just Re- like say stuff. Rex. Rex was. Rex was about Rex. Yeah. You know. Like, Rex yeah. was all. About oh, I'm not Rex. talking about here. And Andy genuinely loves football. Million percent. He loves the process of coming here and scheming things up. Mm. If you're gonna hire an older coach. Just like Bill Belichick, they gotta like love it the same way. You get you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, that you gotta really get all you you gotta like really get a, like all your joy from like scheming up things, and it's important to look for that. Uh, would they send Alex to Denver? <laughs> he sent Donovan McNabb to the to Washington, mm-hmm. didn't he? Oh, that would be oof, man, that would be something. Uh, <laughs> That would be something. Steve Casper says Browns have a bunch of ones. Alice could dream their future. QB the future. Yeah, they're not going to give up a one for it though. Okay, they might give up a third. I think. Um, but I, I like where you're thinking, man. Jesse Bates tells us Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And that's it. We're done. We're going to call this a day. Look, it's the day before Thanksgiving. You guys are chill. We appreciate you watching as always. Remember to go cansey.com for all your Chiefs news. Remember, I keep asking you guys to do this. Rate and review our Sports BKC podcast on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Our, 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 more people have done it. It's been good. But we want to see you continue to do it more. Um, oh, how could I forget the predictions? Let's start with Dave. Prediction for Sunday's game against the Bills. I think they've, they've got to snap back. I think they were legitimately embarrassed. Um, 27-20 Chiefs. Bills, 27-21. Ooh. I'm going Chiefs 24-17, and I don't feel good about it. But uh, interesting. All right. For the guys, for our 18 members on assignment, Sam and Vahe, we love you. We'll see you guys on Sunday. Um, This is Therese. We appreciate you. We'll see you later. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys.